Sports.com DFS MVP with me. I'm Holden Kushner with TJ Hernandez, 444's director of DFS. We're going to get to our core plays and our early season regression candidates in just a moment. But first, TJ, who do we have today? A classic here from 3 Six Mafia. The song is Stay Fly. Featuring Young Buck, 8-Ball, and MJG. That's off the 2005 album, Most Known Unknown. Find that intro along with all the other intros to the DFS MVP podcast on the DFS MVP Spotify playlist. Go to Spotify, search DFS MVP, or look for it on my Twitter. I usually tweet it out along with the link to the podcast. Before we get into everything today, Underdog Fantasy just released an all-new format, Snake Drafts. It's called Battle Royale. These are one-week snake drafts where you only play not just against teams in your league, but against a bunch of people that drafted in other leagues as well. It sets up a tournament-style snake draft structure. Search Underdog Fantasy in your app store or go to underdogfantasy.com. Use code 444, that's the number 4, F-O-R, the number 4, to let them know that we sent you. So I have a question for you first. Who is the winner from last week? Well, we have a few winners. Uh, We had a bunch of people leave a five-star review, and all they said was Josh Allen or Josh Allen MVP or I love Josh Allen. So if you left a review that was five stars, shoot me a message on Twitter. Don't try to get away with anything sneaky because I'm going to check the names of the people. Hit me with a message on Twitter at TG Hernandez. Uh, let me know what your name is uh, on iTunes, and I will get you hooked up with a uh, with a free DFS MVP T-shirt. We have two styles. We have the classic, and we have the Dr. Dre Chronic inspired. Uh, we're not doing the contest this week. We're we're doing a little something different with our. Um, we're, we're trying to re up the swag store. So uh, if you want T-shirts. Uh, make sure you're in our Discord. I'm gonna hook up some subs with some uh, some ways to get some T-shirts. But uh, for now, the uh, the contest on the DFS MVP co- podcast is on hold. So here's my question: um, Jalen Ramsey, mm-hmm. did he ever say anything nice about Josh Allen after Josh Allen just roasted? Well, I think I think he tried to save face. I think I saw something come across the ticker uh, before they played that said, uh, Alan, I wish I could remember the the uh, the word he used, but he definitely backtracked. So I I don't want to say backtrack because, you know, people people should have the option to change their opinion with new information. And Jalen Ramsey did that. Maybe he read. The article's on 444.com, and we changed his mind. <laughs> Maybe he, he's doing really well in his fantasy league. Oh, yes. He probably didn't draft Golden Tate. So, he probably did not. All right, so here we go. You got to sign up right now, okay? Before we get to our week five plays and our early season regression candidates, sign up now. DFS MVP, 25% off. Get access to our Discord channel with the sub to the DFS package. That's the best part about it is the Discord because I can talk to TJ anytime I want. And now you can talk to him too anytime you want to, except when he's sleeping. Yeah. And our our price uh, this week going into week five dropped 25%. So the code DFSMVP will get you an additional 
25% off the already discounted price. So re really great value. We still have, shoot, with, with playoffs, assuming uh, everything goes to plan, we still have four full months of, of DFS action. All right, congratulations again, Josh Allen. Way to go. <laughs> All the Josh Allens. Um, All the Josh Allens. Looking at your plays here, and I don't see Josh Allen, though, so I'm a little disappointed. Well, we might not be able to use him, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Quarterback, Lamar Jackson. He's at the top, 8,900 FanDuel, 7,900 DraftKings. Taking on Cincinnati. The only thing I will caution, he missed practice as we take mm -hmm. this Wednesday night with a knee. But if yeah. he's back out there by Friday, he's fine. Yeah, I don't think uh, – I think if, if Lamar had any chance of sitting, the bells would be ringing pretty loud. Uh, this might be the first time since I, – I didn't do the research, but I'm guessing since, what, week one of last year that Lamar isn't the, the overall QB1 on a slate. Um, he's been priced crazily high over everybody, but uh, now everyone's kind of – I don't want to say catching up to him, but, I mean, they are. He's, he's uh, somewhere in the QB7 range in fantasy points, so his – his salary isn't cheap, but uh, he's bunched in with the other elite tier guys right now. 8,900 on FanDuel, 7,900 on DraftKings. Not cheap, but uh, it's it's affordable this week because we have uh, a lot of values at the other position. There's not really like a slam dunk pay up spot at running back, so it, it makes sense to pay up for quarterback this week. Baltimore's a giant favorite, almost 14 points. They have one of the highest implied totals on the slate, 32.25 uh, points. And Lamar, I mean, he's not – we, we shouldn't be surprised by where Lamar's at right now. We have five or six, like, very high-end quarterbacks that can run, that throw the ball very efficiently, that are in very good offenses. So it's not even like Lamar slipped up that much. So we, we should have known going into the year that he wasn't going to do what he did last year. He's still insanely efficient. He still has one of the highest touchdown rates in the league, over 7%. He's just not throwing a ton, which we didn't expect him to. Still rushing a bunch. Kyler has more rushing yards, but Lamar Jackson's still averaging 60 rushing yards per game. So, like, I... I don't think anybody's freaking out about Lamar Jackson. Anybody that was expecting the, the 35 points per game that he was putting up last year, uh, you shouldn't have been expecting that, but still one of the best fantasy quarterbacks in football. I mean, we saw him basically do nothing in the first half last week. I think that rushing touchdown came late in the first half and then still had a, a monster fantasy game. Uh, he's our top value on both sides this week. I'm definitely getting him in there on FanDuel, DraftKings. It's a little little trickier in cash games, but uh, all over Lamar this week. So I think I had Lamar as my quarterback week one, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. And I did, I did, that was the one week I did not cash Mm -hmm. In my cash game lineups. Well, Lamar was still very expensive then too. He was, ex yeah, that, mm -hmm. and that, and even though, boom, the rest of my lineup must have sucked. Yeah. Um, last week was Fitzpatrick. Yeah. So I've had Jackson. I've had Fitzpatrick. I had Prescott one week, and I had Murray. Actually, I didn't have Prescott. I had Murray for two weeks. So this, I think, this will be a week when I use somebody that I have never used before. Um, yeah, and. I mean, before I didn't mean to cut you off, but Go Fitzpatrick, a really good example last week of like, we have this elite tier, but on DraftKings specifically, um, I mean, that that cheap quarterback value, like he didn't even have a big passing day and still brought, what, what did he have, 24 DK points or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it was great. Um, so, I mean, like it's... You you have to understand your your scoring system and and your salary structure on on DraftKings super viable especially last week on FanDuel um, I mean there's just so much room to pay up for quarterback 
Yeah, but when you go down at quarterback and we you see the guys like the Jacksons and the Mahomes and the Allens that are putting up, you know, twenty eight that can even put up thirty, thirty five like Dak. Yeah, you're really playing catch up when you go with those guys. But I right, I, I think that's the place where the points per dollar kind of pay off in cash. Sure, I mean the difference this year is just we have, like I said, set. I I would say, I guess six of those guys that are just every week like it's you're like you said you're going to be playing catch up whereas the past couple years it was jackson and then one other guy week to week or mahomes one other guy week to week now like if yeah fast fitzpatrick was fine last week but you gotta worry about jackson josh allen aaron Rodgers, uh mahomes dak kyler six guys that are consistently putting up 25 to 30. So it's just, it's a, it's a really different beast this year. Yeah. Daniel Jones is going to be that guy this week. And... Uh, it's... We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. I like giants this week and we're not going to get there. Are we? We, you'll see. We, we like, Oh, we are going to get there. Yeah, We'll get there. We'll get there. All right. I'll be quiet on Daniel Jones. for. Well, I didn't say Jones. We'll get to giants. We'll get to giants, (laughs) especially Daniel Jones, because you want to start him so bad, which is why you did not put him on the sheet. But you did put Deshaun Watson on the sheet, and he's 7,900 on FanDuel. He's 6,900 on DraftKings. He's taking on Jacksonville. Um, They just a a sieve for a defense, especially in that secondary. And Deshaun Watson is gone from Bill O'Brien. And Romeo Cornell, a really nice guy, is there. So what do you think, TJ? Well, we, we had, I, I believe we had Deshaun in the space last week. Um, he was, he was definitely written up on, on four for four, uh, still kind of the same logic here. Deshaun had a nice game last week, uh, his first 300 yard game of the season, two touchdowns, didn't rush a ton, didn't go crazy. So, uh, 20, 21 fantasy points, uh, 24, 24, if you're on DraftKings cause of the bonus. Uh, so a, a good, but not like spectacular game, but that's a good thing for us because his salary didn't get up into that josh allen the mar type tier which it could have if he went crazy last week but still a, a discount compared to those uh those top four or five guys so we're getting deshaun down at 7900 on fandle 6900 on DraftKings. houston they're despite their struggles um despite losing again and in, in a spot where a lot of people thought they were going to get it going six point favorites projected for over 30 points like you said uh freed from the uh the shackles of the bill o'brien play calling <laughs> so hopefully that that turns things around but we saw him get going a little bit last week uh jacksonville if we adjust for strength of schedule four for four signature metric schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed they rank 26th in uh in that metric against quarterbacks and then one of the reasons that we were on deshaun last week is because he was facing a vikings defense that didn't get after the passer very well jacksonville same thing if we look at football outsiders um adjusted sack rate they rate rate in the bottom five and adjusted sack sack rate on defense so uh deshaun shouldn't be too hindered by his uh his sketchy offensive line I, if you're going to drop down from that elite tier, I, I don't think you need to go much lower than Deshaun, at least in cash games. It's it's not like Fitzpatrick last week. Like I mentioned, there's uh, there's enough value at the other positions. We're not going to be paying way up for running back. I don't think you need to pay up for wide receiver this week. So it, it, you got to spend your money somewhere. Why not at a reliable quarterback? All right. Let's keep moving here. Running back. He's gonna. When, when is he gonna start scoring for us, TJ? Right, right now in about now? four days. In okay. three days, yep. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, seventy-nine hundred Fandle, sixty-eight hundred DraftKings. I think that 
him and Zeke Elliott will be the two highest owned players on the slate. For sure. Um, right now we have CEH projected uh, as the highest owned player by a, by a big margin at all positions on both sides. Um, and then it drops down. We have Zeke kind of bunched up with with a couple other guys but uh i mean with like i mentioned before with the values elsewhere um i don't we're not going to have i don't foresee like a 35 percent owned wide receiver like we've had the first few weeks uh so again ownership has to go somewhere uh probably going to be a week where people are, are flexing running back so that'll drive up running back ownership percentage a little bit so i agree with you 100 percent but uh I mean, Zeke is, is priced up close to the elite tier. He's 9,000 on FanDuel. I'm not sure what he is on, on DK. I think he's somewhere in the high eights. Um, but CEH, you're getting a – him him and, and Zeke have similar workloads, but you're getting a discount uh, with CEH in a spot where Kansas City is favored by 12.5. Uh, highest implied point total of the week at 34.5. And, and, and you're right. I mean, when is – when is uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going to start scoring touchdowns? And that's going to be – that's why a lot of times it's hard to pass off the Chiefs as cash game options because we've seen this in the past with them. They're one of the most elite offenses in the league, but they have a superstar at every single position. So they're all kind of – unless they score 50 points, they're all kind of cannibalizing each other's uh, floors and ceilings. Uh, you know, if, if they're rushing it, that means Mahomes not getting the scores, Tyreek's not getting the scores, Travis Kelsey – uh, but this week, I, I mean, it, it's all signs point to a CEH game. He's he's already getting the work that we mentioned. Last week, he saw 95% of the backfield touches, so there's no concern there. He's six in touches per game. He's accounting for 40% of Kansas City's total touches. And the Raiders, they are um, your proverbial run funnel. If we adjust for strength of schedule, they rank seventh against quarterbacks, but 29th against running backs and fantasy points allowed. We actually talked about this with them last week in regards to Josh Allen. Josh Allen didn't need to run, but if he wanted to, he probably could have ran a lot. Las Vegas stacks the box at one of the lowest rates in the league. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, 5.6 yards per attempt versus non-stack boxes, 3.3 yards per attempt versus stack boxes. You might say... Hey, that's obvious. If there's more guys, it's going to be harder to run. That gap is one of the biggest gaps in the league with players with at least 30 rush attempts, according to Sports Info Solutions. So, yes, that's obvious, but it's it's glaring with CEH, and he has pretty even carries against stacked and non-stacked bo- boxes. So for the sample size we have, uh, it's about as good as you're going to find. And then on top of it, the Raiders allowing the second most reception reception yards to opposing running backs. That's obviously a good thing for CEH. Uh, Kansas City rolls in this one. I know the spread says that, but, I mean, I, I think we could see uh, – I think Raiders have played a little bit above their head this this year. I, I don't think Saints are as good as uh, people think they are. Uh, Buffalo's defense, uh, I, I don't think they played a good game last week, and I think the Raiders get brought down to earth a little bit like, like a like an ugly one, like a 45-17 to 17 type game this Oof. week. Wow. Yeah. I hope you're right because I always love having Chiefs. It's almost my obligatory Chiefs roster. Chiefs yeah, and it, just the Chiefs stack every week. Just I mean, it it just it's I mean, this is not scientific at all, but it's just kind of one of those things where everybody's stacking the Seahawks, everyone's stacking the Cowboys. Chiefs are still there, but it's like they're not at the top of they're they're just 
sitting in that like middle ownership range every week. Um, I, I think this is the week they pop and, and it starts getting hard to get any type of reasonable ownership on them for the rest of the year. You know what? I just, um, I just remembered there was something you tweeted out earlier this week. I gave you a shout out on a couple of uh, shows that I did over Probably. the past couple of days. It was, you did some trends from the Millie maker and the Sunday Millie. You know, yep. we've Stack. got the four weeks. We've had yep. eight millionaire tournaments to this point is what yep. I'll just call them. What was it? Five or six had quarterback with his two top wide receivers and wrap around with the other team. Was that the so formula? Every, every Sunday million winner on FanDuel has used three players from one offense and a wide receiver from the opposing offense. Yeah. So three of the three of those were quarterback, wide receiver, wide receiver. One happened to be quarterback, running back, uh, wide receiver um, with an opposing wide receiver. On DraftKings, three out of the four have used uh, quarterback, wide receiver, wide receiver, opposing wide receiver. Week one, it was quote unquote only quarterback, wide receiver, opposing wide receiver. So of the the eight millionaire contest, whatever you want to call it, Sunday millionaire, millionaire, seven have used at least four players from one game. All of them have used at least three. And then on top of it, every winner on FanDuel has used some combination of running back with their defense, running back with an opposing pass catcher, running back with an opposing running back. We've seen that twice on DraftKings. So like that, the average correlation or number of correlation plays is like six in winning lineups right now. It's like four from one game, two from another. Like you're not getting a single stack and winning a huge tournament anymore. You're probably not even winning a small tournament with a single stack anymore. Do you remember early last year when just everybody was onslaught and you'd win? You'd see the winners every week. Just yeah. onslaughts. Yeah, I think oh. we did an entire pot about it. We did. Um, yeah, and that was like a little more like uh that was like like six six players from one game that like there was a couple of times where like teams were just putting up 55 but uh it's i mean i i don't know i guess i guess for my i don't know if you would consider it an onslaught but it's pretty damn close yeah all right let's get to oh yeah like an, an onslaught's probably like five from a game yeah i would, I say, would say i would say five like five's yeah. an onslaught sure. all right if you want to go onslaught with mike davis and the carolina <laughs> panthers in yeah. atlanta this week uh, do so if you'd like to. 6,800 on FanDuel, 6,400 on DraftKings. The Falcons do have a nice um, – they can stop the run. The problem was last week they, they gave up another 13 receptions to running backs. And don't you think that's where Mike Davis could do some damage? Yeah, I mean, Mike Davis, 21 uh... – 21 touches per game. Uh, we've seen him even before, like the the partial game that, that McCaffrey was hurt, getting eight or nine targets per game. And and this one is, uh, even if if the Falcons are stopping the run, in, in high-scoring games where you have a high-volume running back, those that's the one spot where, not the one spot, but a spot where I think the running back matchup can go out the window a, a little bit in terms of the strength of the opposing defense because if there's going to be a ton of scoring opportunities, the most likely person to benefit from that, besides the quarterback, is going to be the running back. If you're playing against a defense that you can move uh, that you can move the ball against very well, you're just going to have more scoring opportunities. Um, this game has an over/under projected at uh, 53 and a half, and Carolina is an underdog, but it's only three points, so it's not like I mean, home field is not a thing this year. I don't think so. The fact that they're at Atlanta is is uh, not important. Maybe the only time we have to worry about that without a crowd uh is is west coast traveling to east coast for the early game but that's not the case here obviously uh another thing to to the point of mike davis having touchdown upside in addition to his volume 
Uh, two weeks as the starter, uh, six opportunities inside the 10-yard line, three rushes, three targets. Only Aaron Jones over the last two weeks has more opportunities inside the 10-yard line. Mm. Well, let's move on to the wide receiver position. So you got a little caveat here. I am, yes. you know, I'm I'm looking into the Bills and the Titans, but I kind of don't even have them in my pool at this point. Yeah, way. yeah. Um, the Bills and Titans with the Titans COVID concerns. I, I, there's a lot of guys that, rank pretty high in our value uh, reports that I like. I, I think that's a really good game for a lot of reasons. Um, but obviously we, we can't, once this is published, it's published. We record Wednesday night. So trying to keep you guys with as fresh of uh, content as, as possible leading up to Sunday. Obviously, if you're on the site, obviously that's a little bit different, but we can't go back and, and change this. So I'm uh, going to leave Bills and Titans out for now, but just know that uh, there are a lot of plays from there. And then the Chiefs caveat is, I already mentioned CEH. Um, basically every, the, the big four, if you will, they're all, all cash viable. But uh, I want to give you guys some some more options besides, I don't want to just give you four players from one team. And, and then you're like, well, now what the hell do I do with my lineups? Uh, so know that all of those big four. I, I mentioned CH cause he is my favorite play of the week, at least in cash games from, from the chiefs. But as I said, when we're talking about him, I, I think they can, uh, I think that could be a really, really big number for them this week. All right. So you liked Lamar Jackson up top of quarterback yep. and you like Marquise Brown at wide receiver, 6,100 FanDuel, 6,300 DraftKings, take it on Cincinnati. Uh, this is just me. I like him more on FanDuel all the time just because yep. he's not, he's just a big play guy. You're Wise. there, I bet, right? Yeah, that's uh, – that's he he's fit for FanDuel. FanDuel is going to um, – it's going to favor the high-variance players. These uh, – I mean, you could call his volume relatively high, but these – high average depth of target guys are usually going to work a little bit better on FanDuel. Uh, whereas on DraftKings, the volume makes up for the big plays a little bit, or at least catches those guys that can have the big plays. So Marquise Brown can really hurt you on, um, on DraftKings, where if you, someone else can make up for Marquise Brown easier on FanDuel, but he's probably, I mean, this kind of ties into our theory segment later, but, uh, the, the most obvious like buy low or, or DFS target for me in terms of uh, depressed salary compared to his volume and just like upside not being realized yet this season. Uh, I Lamar's playing as efficiently, almost as efficiently as he was last year, but Marquise Brown isn't getting the results of that. Uh, wide receivers with at least 20 targets, the highest average depth of targets. So again, that's going to explain some of that variance. Insanely high target share, 27%. Very high share of team yards, which is very important to us. That's that usually correlates to upside and fantasy scoring. The third highest share, all of that has only translated to the wide receiver 51 in fantasy scoring amongst wide receivers. Uh, that that's going to come back to earth. He's gonna, I, I still think Marquise Brown finishes as a top 12 fantasy wide receiver this year. Uh, wow. it's 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 going to come in in bunches. Uh, unfortunately for redraft players, but for us, when it hits, if we're on the right side of it, it's, uh, it's, it's going to hit big and Cincinnati's 24th when adjusted for strength of schedule against wide receivers. If Lamar keeps throwing touchdowns at a 7% rate, there's going to be games where Marquise Brown's putting up 30, 30 spots, maybe 40 spots. Uh, so I'm, he's low enough compared to his salary, especially on FanDuel. He's cash game viable, even though the fantasy results haven't been there. Cash game for Marquise Brown. Terry McLaurin, my favorite. Mm -hmm. 
All he does it is, is your favorite. He, huh? It is your favorite. He's you the love Yak Daddy. He's the yes, Yak he Daddy, the man. Yak Daddy. He loves it. He's 6,300 on FanDuel, 6,100 DraftKings, taking on the Rams. My only concern this week is Kyle Allen. Okay. Are, is it a concern? I don't. That's. I'm just asking. It's an unknown. How about that? My only. Yeah. It's a concern because it's an unknown. That's the only thing. But convince me why I should just continue to love Terry McLaurin. Because uh, it can't get worse than Dwayne Haskins. I guess is the yeah. is the logic there. I mean, this. The one I saw a video surface. I'm surprised it didn't get more pub. But this was like three weeks ago. I don't. I don't remember who their most veteran linebacker is on the team. Um, but double-digit year vet came up to him after practice and basically said, uh, hey, if you keep staring your receiver down, I'm going to knock his head off, and our opponents are definitely knock his head off. And Dwayne Haskins basically said, I'm not doing that. And the the veteran linebacker goes, he's like, what? He goes, yeah, I'm not doing that. And he's like, all right, man. And that was kind of just like, if you're not going to listen to a guy that's been in the league for 12 years or whatever and just trying to help you out and do better, then I think that's a pretty uh, bad sign um for for the team and for the offense and and we know Ron Rivera is pretty uh he's a disciplinarian so I don't think this is a surprise um I mean Kyle Allen wasn't good last year by any means but uh Dwayne Haskins just didn't seem like he was interested in getting better uh, and hopefully Allen is interested in improving the team so I can it's a hard sell for me that there's any downgrade from Dwayne Haskins at this point. Um, but McLaurin, uh, he's, he's a volume guy, top 10 in targets, 9.8 targets per game, six in uh, share of team air yards. And, and people might look at matchup and say, what about Jalen Ramsey? What about the fact that the Rams are first in schedule adjusted points to wide receivers? Terry McLaurin moves around the formation. So even if Ramsey falls into the other side, I don't think Ramsey's going to travel to the slot where McLaurin, has seen 16 of his 39 targets, so uh, a little over a third. And the Rams, despite being very good against wide receivers, if we look at just wide receivers line up in the slot, they've allowed the six most yards per target. So uh, wouldn't be surprised to see McLaurin in the middle of the formation a little bit more than he has been, especially because that'll probably be an easier throw for Allen. Uh, and I, I'm assuming if we know that the Rams have struggled against the slot, then then Washington probably knows that as well. So I'm going to say that uh, that McLaurin is, is still fine with his volume in this one. All right, so there's a couple of Giants that you like. Actually, there's mm-hmm. I only see one on the sheet, though. Well, let's get to him. Darius yeah. Slayton, 5,800 FanDuel, 4,800 DraftKings against, basically, if you run a route, you have a 90% chance of getting a catch against the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> yeah, who, as you note, sure. are 28th in wide receiver AFPA. Yeah, when adjusted for strength of schedule, bottom five um, in those fantasy points allowed. And the I, just the reason I, I am not saying, like, Daniel Jones and the whole team is as bad as Dallas Dallas's defense has been. Uh, the Giants' offense has been equally as bad. So I just I I like the idea of using Slayton or somebody else in that offense to run it back in Cowboy stacks. Um, I mean, there's just there there is a lot of risk in going all in on on the Giants' offense. But uh, I mean, it's. I think given what we saw last week, it's it's viable. Um, Dallas is really struggling, but I especially like Slayton as the guy that I'm pinpointing to put 
if I'm playing Dak and, and Amari and CD, whoever it might be, whatever stack you want, I like running it back with Darius Slayton. Uh, if we look at all of the players averaging over seven targets per game, Darius Slayton has the seventh highest average depth of target that's resulted in almost 40% of New York's air yards. Um, only eight players have more red zone targets this year than Darius Slayton. And as you mentioned, Dallas, most touchdowns allowed to wide receivers, four weeks, four 100-yard wide receivers allowed. Hmm. Very interesting here. All right, Darius Slayton, that's it. Tight end. So I know you got Jono on the list. Yep. And we're going to include him. He's just – I'm not putting him in there yet. Um, so – I'm looking no. into these guys, but this is the big thing. Like how you, you have to have two cash lineups then this week. Not that you're going to enter, but right, right now with those guys and without those guys. Yeah. Just, just have it ready. I mean, the, the reason I included John out of all of the players on the slate is just because on, on from that game on this slate is just because from that game, I think he's probably the most glaring value, uh, 5,800 on Fandle, uh, 4,900 on DraftKings, and when we look at the matchup, the Bills 27th in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed um, two tight ends. Uh, I think we mentioned last week, yeah, they were playing the Raiders, so we mentioned when we talked about Renfro, just how bad they are against pass catchers over uh, in the middle of the field, and then if this game does go, uh, it sounds like A.J. Brown's might should mm-hmm. maybe be back but uh now Corey davis on covid list so uh add one pass catcher take another one away john who keeps doing what he does uh if you if this game doesn't go you get a pretty clean price pivot to dalton schultz uh he's 5300 on fanduel so you actually be saving money on fanduel 4800 on DraftKings. so basically the same price as john who uh three games as the full-time starter Schultz averaging eight targets per game. We already mentioned Dallas a couple times here uh, going against the giants. The, the Cowboys have um, a big fantasy number that they, they're expected to put up. And Schultz has been a big part of their offense where after Amari, the, the targets have been getting back and forth, back and forth between Gallup uh, and, and CD Schultz pretty consistent with those eight targets per game. Yep. He's fourth on their team, right? Yep. So he's right there. And Zeke is the second leading. Uh, he gets the second most targets on the team. Can you imagine that? Yeah, Zeke doing uh, CMC-type receiving work this year just hasn't had, like, crazy huge fantasy days. But uh, Zeke's usage is through the roof. Yeah, through, no doubt about it. Just everywhere. Uh, so Jonu and Kittle, who mm-hmm. – you know what? Go into both these guys, Kittle and Kelsey, because they're both completely viable. Kittle is 7,100 on FanDuel and Kelsey 7,800. And then on DraftKings, Kittle is a little right. bit more, 6,600 to Kelsey 6,400. Right, which is which is why instead of just picking one, we want to talk about them together because you have that mm-hmm. $700 price gap on, on FanDuel. So it, it makes sense to, I, I think they're probably pretty interchangeable right now. Uh, Kittle with the crazy volume, especially if Jimmy Garoppolo comes back, like Jimmy Garoppolo is there's, I, I guess the narrative that they started off pretty slow, but he's actually was pretty efficient um, in his one and a half games or whatever it was uh, touchdown rate over 7%. I know it's a small sample, but you can't, I, I don't think you could argue that 
George Kittle's going to get a bump in potential efficiency, even though he had a huge game last week. Um, just like expected efficiency with Jimmy Garoppolo back. Uh, so him being $700 cheaper on FanDuel, he, that's where I'm going there. And then if I am going to roster a pass catcher with CH and cash games on DraftKings, you can make paying up for tight end work. Um, and with Kelsey, $200 less than Kittle, um, I think you just go with the upside of the Chiefs offense there. Uh, Kelsey, uh, top two in um, target share among tight ends, and then one of three players with at least five red zone targets on the season. So obviously that scoring upside is there. Uh, so if, if I must pick a pass catcher from the Chiefs, I like Kelsey in this one over Tyreek. Same as last week, even Chelsea though Tyreek scored last Defenses. All right. But you know what? Fine. You can have your Ravens. Explain to me this one. <laughs> Texans, 3,700 FanDuel, 2,600 DraftKings against Jacksonville. Is it just because O'Brien's gone now and they're just going to feast? Well, we it's, – it's a couple reasons. We have a few values um, on both sides. On DraftKings, there, there's a lot of – defenses that aren't necessarily in good spots but we just know that that punt option is viable um on FanDuel, there aren't that many pay down options that i'm crazy about so houston was the one that stood out to me as a pay down option on, on both sites uh, that i'm comfortable with texans are favored by six that's a that's a good indicator what i really like about this matchup is it's probably the best on paper offensive line versus defensive line um, matchup. We have the Texans who are top six in adjusted sack rate uh, against opposing offenses. And then Jacksonville bottom four in adjusted sack rate allowed. So Texans could get after the passer. Jacksonville bad at protecting the passer, big favorites for the Texans uh, underpriced that pass rush uh, in a negative game script is where we get fantasy points from. Yeah, yeah so uh, hopefully that comes to fruition as far as the score is expected, and then that O-line, D-line matchup really pushes it over the top. And then the Ravens, if you're paying up, going against Cincinnati, 4,900 Fandle, 3,900 DK. Pretty self-explanatory on this one. Uh, the team that's favored by almost 14 points is going to be in a really good position to have a lot of fantasy points. Uh, for the reasons I just men mentioned, on top of having a bad offensive line, Cincinnati throws at a top five rate in neutral game script. So even if the Ravens don't get up by 14, we like to target defenses that are playing against pass heavy offenses. Uh, the whole reason we want defenses that are going to be up big is because they're forcing their opponent to throw. If they already have an opponent that throws a lot, that's just that much better. So even early in the game, the Ravens should have a lot of opportunity uh, against the Rook. And then hopefully they get up big and, and they can just pin their ears back and tee off. So TJ, do you love snake drafts? What are your thoughts? I do love, them? I love like them. snake drafts. Yeah, me too. I, I do tons of them. Hundreds a year. We all love them. We love big prizes. We don't all love the big entry fees. TJ doesn't mind the big entry fees, though. Yeah. Also, the multi-week contest, definitely not down with the multi-week contest. <laughs> so Underdog Fantasy just released an all-new format for their snake drafts. It's called Battle Royale. I had to say it like that. That's kind of just a badass. That's a, I like that. In Battle Royale. How do you not get jacked up for that, TJ? You draft a one-week team like you normally would, but instead of competing against other teams in your specific draft, you compete with teams from other drafts. This is wild. 
This way, the pool, they pull together the prizes so they can offer big tournament-style payouts while keeping the live snake draft format. This is like family-style dining is what I would say. It, <laughs> it just sounds delicious. If you think this is your week and you can draft the best team, you got to try Battle Royale. It offers the big upside a normal snake draft camp with prizes that used to be only attainable in season long or salary cap tournaments. The first battle Royale is already up in the underdog app and website. It's five bucks to enter $5 has a $25,000 prize pool and it pays out $5,000 to first place. That would be underdog fantasy. That sounded. I don't know why your battle royale reminded me of like a uh, WCW NWO match from back in the day. That's exactly what I was going for. <laughs> Perfect, nailed it. Hey, thanks. You know what? Not a lot of people know that. Not a people. Not a lot of people would recognize the brilliance. A little, uh, Good little job. Scott Thank Hall, you. Kevin Nash. Actually. Yeah, it was. It was definitely Scott Hall. Definitely. There Scott we go. Hall. So the game theory segment here: mm-hmm. early season regression candidates so this would be what players whose production does not match the volume they're getting or they're just yeah they just stink and they're not doing anything with the volume yeah um i mean it's it's pretty self-explanatory like you said uh we want to target especially in dfs um players that are getting a lot of touches um that just haven't scored yet because those players are usually going to be underpriced under owned or both the most obvious uh Example of that last week was Joe Mixon. Uh, so if you're going to get a player that's going to see 20 touches or a player that's going to see 10 targets at 3% ownership, that's almost always going to be a good play in DFS, especially in GPPs. Running backs. I don't even want to say this man's name. You say it. I don't even want to utter his name for it may curse my mouth. Um, is it Kenny, Kenny in? Yep. Kenny keep going. Kanye, is Kanye, Kanye Drake, Kanye, Kanye Drake. Drake, Kenyon Drake, um, Kenyon Drake has disappointed uh, redraft and and DFS players alike. Uh, we've been off in the last couple weeks uh, on four for four, at least for DFS purposes, just because uh, the concerns after the first couple weeks were obvious. Uh, Kenyon Drake is losing passing involvement to Chase Edmonds. He loses upside to Kyler Murray, not just uh, with rushing yards, but rushing touchdowns. Uh, And then last week, we saw him get a pretty low touch total. I think he only had 13 touches last week. So a lot of concerns there. But on the flip side of it, Kenyon Drake's averaging 18 touches per game. That ranks 14th among all players. Uh, 36 in fantasy points per game among running backs. So obviously we have a big disconnect there. We have a running back that's seen quite a bit of volume that just, he hasn't been scoring. That's all it is. Uh, So this week, I I think if he can't get it done this week, it's going to be hard uh, to really look for a good spot for him. The Cardinals are favored against a Jets team that ranks 24th in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs. The Jets rank 17th or better versus every other position. Uh, especially if Arizona could get it into really good game script. Like, I mean, this is what we're looking for. People are down on Drake. You, you're down on Drake. Everybody's down on Drake. Everybody was high on Drake a month ago. Um, it's it's the quintessential buy low. Kenyon Drake. Early Unless season he isn't. Candidate. Unless he isn't a buy low. <laughs> right. 
Chase Edmonds breathing down his neck. I, I don't understand it. This guy was so dynamic last season. At the end of last season, what changed? I mean, the, there's there should always be concern. It's it's similar to Raheem Mostert. I mean, I know Mostert's injured, but there should always be concerns. We have a big sample of Kenyon Drake being average. Had some pretty decent stretches, but an average running back and then had a crazy efficient stretch on a offense that was already producing top five fantasy production. So it's not like they sucked. And then Kenyon Drake came in and blew, uh, blew the roof off like out of nowhere. Uh, and it's very hard to rely on that kind of efficiency. He has a running quarterback, so he's, he's getting the workload. He's averaging 18 touches per game. Um, he's not catching the ball. Uh, that's what Chase Edmonds is doing. And it's just, it's touchdown variance. Like it's, he's just going to be a guy. He's, he is, he's Derrick Henry light. If he doesn't get two touchdowns, you're not going to be happy with it. Hey, why is Miles Sanders on this list? Why is Miles Sanders? Cause he's touching the ball a ton. Um, Miles Sanders is averaging 20 touches per game, which ranks eighth among all running backs, but only 19th in fantasy points per game. So it's a, it's a pretty big discrepancy. And in addition to the 20 touches per game. Miles Sanders is averaging over six targets per game among running backs that ranks second only to Zeke. Uh, Phil, I, that's, that has to continue. Philadelphia has, I mean, they Deshaun's there, but I mean, he's not going to be a guy that's going to eat up a ton of targets. Jan Rager's gone. Alshon Jeffrey's still not back. Even when he does come back, what's he going to provide? Uh, we saw a couple guys flash on Monday night, but I don't know that any of those guys are, I'm sorry, Sunday night, but I don't know if any of those guys are going to be necessarily um, reliable. And again, same thing that we're looking for a running back that is getting high volume that hasn't had a big game yet. That probably on an offense that just in general, people are down on. Um, and then this week, I think probably you're going to, I haven't projected at seven and a half percent on both sides. I might bump that down to like the one to 5% range as we get closer to kickoff. I just have to see kind of how the industry is feeling about him, what the buzz seems like. Like it's hard to project ownership on, on Wednesday just cause we, we don't know what the, uh, what the sentiment is around those players. So I, I could see Miles Sanders end up being like a very, very unpopular play this week, but again, possible 20 touches, like every time he steps on the field, Pittsburgh does have one of the best pass rushes and run defenses in the league. But again, Miles Sanders is going to be like one of the only guys that Carson Wentz can reliably throw to. So one of the best ways to combat a really good pass rush is to get rid of the ball really quickly. So Sanders could have a, a humongous game through uh, the air. I mean, he's not going to be a player that I'm going to put in like 20% of my lineups or something. It's a, it's a really tough spot for Philly. But again, you're, it's, it's always going to be hard to find a 20 touch guy that's going to be in single digit lineups, especially fewer than, than 5% of lineups. So Drake, I mean, you can't really bank on 20 touches. There's a lot that could go wrong for Drake. Miles Sanders, I mean, what else do they have on offense at this point? Greg Ward, they don't bother <laughs> using Zach Ertz anymore. Well, is that it? They need to. They need to start using Zach Ertz. It would probably help them. Yeah. Uh, Nikhil Harry at wide receiver, seven targets per game. Not getting talked about a lot. Now we saw the debacle under center by the Patriots. Although Stidham was, how bad was Stidham? He wasn't awful, was he? No, he was I fine. mean, 
No, that was what I, I, yeah, I don't know what happened with that game. That was, uh, I don't know. That, that was just a little, a little uglier than I thought it was going to be. Like, it yeah. sounded like it was going to, what happened with Hoyer? Oh, he just, he fumbled and he just couldn't hold on to the ball and he let the clock run out at the end of yeah. the first half. He's just a d- disaster. Which is crazy because he's been such reliable, reliable oh, no. backup. We've seen him work in New England, so it's just like I, that. That one threw me for a loop because I, I mean, I, I was actually expecting. I mean, not. I'm not saying Hoyer's better than Cam, but for fantasy purposes, I thought Hoyer could have been better for the pass catchers. But uh, now we're, it's a Stidham show. So what are you doing with with Nikhil Harry? Well, it's it's. He's kind of an enigma right now because he's averaging, like you said, seven targets per game. That ranks 25th uh, among wide receivers, but 63rd in fantasy points per game. Uh, so the good thing for Nikhil Harry, only three players have more targets inside the 10-yard line than Harry. None of those players are wide receivers, so the most targets inside the 10-yard line amongst wide receivers. One thing that is, I, I think is going to go overlooked going into the week Despite Stidham, Patriots have one of the higher implied point totals of the week. And I think it's above 28, which is really surprising to me given the quarterback situation. Denver ranks 27th in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. Nikhil Harry just lacks a lot of upside. He's going to rely on those end zone targets. He has an average depth of target that is under seven so him and robert woods are the only wide receivers with a target share of at least 20 percent who have a share of team air yards it's 20 percent of lower and that's obviously directly related to that super low average depth of target so Nikhil harry's not going to be a guy that's going to get behind the defense they're not going to check it down the field to him his seven targets per game are going to be generally uh low value targets but they're using him a lot near the goal line so you're He's a guy that in a spot where New England's projected to score four touchdowns, he could be like that that seven target for 50 yards but gets two touchdowns. DJ Moore, this guy's uh, getting the targets there from Teddy Bridgewater, and he's mm-hmm. going up against Atlanta. And I, I keep talking about I think there's going to be a lot of like Bridgewater, Moore, Anderson release mm-hmm. if, if you're going to look at that. I don't think that's a great way to go in a, in a bigger tournament. But um, DJ Moore is a guy that at some point in time, he's another one that's just going to have a big game. This is definitely not going to be an unpopular game. Uh, the game total is very high, as we mentioned. You mentioned up top that this is a potential game stack. The spread is only three. Uh, expected over 50 points. The thing that is that's happened with the Panthers that we did not expect to happen. I don't think anybody predicted this is that DJ Moore is getting the deep targets, uh, average depth of target near 13. Robbie Anderson's getting the short targets, average depth of target under nine targets. So Robbie Anderson leaped DJ Moore um, in that target share last week. Uh, they're both priced pretty similarly, but DJ Moore still seeing eight targets per game that ranks 16th amongst all wide receivers, only 44th in fantasy points per game. And it's it's kind of similar to what we talked about uh, with Marquise Brown and other guys with high average average depth of targets. If you're getting those deeper targets, they're going to be high variance and and your scoring is going to come in bunches. So guys like DJ Moore, if they keep using him this way, are very liable to have stretches of three, four weeks where they do nothing and then they make up all of that scoring um in one week unlike 
Marquise Brown, I don't know that this offense is going to be able to support more to a top 12 fantasy um, season, but I think more can still put up like respectable numbers and with some really big spike weeks in between there. Um, he's fifth in, in share of, of team air yards, which goes back to that high average average depth of target. And against a bad Atlanta defense, probably the thing I like most about Moore is that he's coming off a week where he busted as a chalk. So if people are stacking this game, I think they are going to look to Robbie Anderson first because there were a segment of people that used DJ Moore in cash last week. And it made sense. The volume was there. The price was low. Matchup was decent. And then he busted. So a huge percentage of people, they don't like going back to the well when it bit them in the ass. And that's what DJ Moore did last week as, as a cash game play for a lot of people. So um, you're going to get him. I don't think he'll be unpopular. I think just because this game has such a high total, people are going to land on these guys. But I think it could be a situation where Robbie's in 17% of lineups and DJ's in 11 or 12. And if DJ's the one that hits, at least you gain a little bit of leverage on people that are targeting that game. At tight end, so you talked about Slayton, Evan Ingram now, seven and a half targets a game. He is leading the Giants in targets, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And um, when we know he's talented, what's Jason Garrett waiting for? Uh, I mean, they're using him. It's just a matter of, of this offense uh, getting going. And, and they're, I just I don't know that, again, going back to the Daniel Jones, Jones point, I don't know that there is enough to go around where I'm going to be excited about playing Ingram and Slayton um, in an offense that hasn't got it going yet. Like one of these guys is showing enough where they should pop, but seven and a half targets per game is fourth most uh, among tight ends, but he's only 29th in fantasy points per game. Second most route run routes run among all tight ends. Uh, Again, a, a run it back option. If you're not using Slayton or if you're using the Cowboys as your primary stack, if you're using Dak in like 30% of your lineups, probably a good idea to use Slayton as run it back option. If you Evan Ingram as a run it back option. And if you, you don't have to use run it back in every single lineup. So maybe take some lineups off where you're not even using either of them. Okay. I alluded to this guy earlier. Now let's talk about him. Zach Ertz, 7.3 targets per game. I, you know what? You go back to the whole contract dispute. I guess he had a shouting match with Howie Roseman, the GM there. And Goddard was getting used more and then they're leaking stories that Goddard's really the better uh, tight end is that's probably how they feel too, because they believe in Goddard enough to where they're probably going to let Ertz walk. Right. What's going on with Ertz here? He really has not been, it doesn't seem like he's taking care of business despite the volume. Well, they're reaching a point where they're not really going to have a choice. Um, So, We've seen Ertz's upside. We've seen what he can do with double-digit targets in a game. He's fifth in targets per game. He's only 22nd in fantasy points per game. He leads all tight ends in routes run. And now you mentioned Goddard. Well, he's not there. So they're going to have to throw to somebody. Um, I, I don't know that they're going to have the luxury of if they need Ertz to block because their offensive line is bad that they can do it because he's really their wide receiver one at this point. Uh, We know he can play out of the slot a lot. Um, That's going to, again, help Wentz in a spot where he's going to be facing a very tough pass rush. I don't think that the Eagles are going to want him to drop back and try to throw outside the numbers against this Pittsburgh front seven. So um, Ertz kind of similar to Miles Sanders. Like They're pretty much the last two reliable men standing. The volume is there. The fantasy production hasn't. That's what this whole segment centers around. Ertz is, is a player that, again, I don't know 
that this is the matchup for, but a guy that we're going, especially if his price starts dropping more and that volume stays or keeps rising, he's going to be a GPP winner in the coming weeks. All right, buddy. I think you got everything in there, right? This is all your plays. We did the regression. We got everything we needed to get out there. It was a good show. I enjoyed this one a lot. Yeah. And, um, uh, always exciting, man. I mean, hopefully, uh, hopefully the, the, the COVID stuff doesn't, interrupt any of the weeks too much or, or at all obviously is, is the real hope but uh i mean definitely the big thing is pay attention to that tennessee game this week yep it's it basically you have to be by your by your computer right up till game time yep. if you really Absolutely. You just have to there's no Absolutely. or your phone there's no other way to do it at this point you can't set it and then you know just think that <clears throat> because it's an hour before game time everything's gonna be fine sure and that happens a lot i think a lot of guys do that too Oh yeah, you notice it, and uh, you definitely can tell lineups that were set Saturday night or and and just forgot about, or even like that's a, still a good reason to play multi-day slates. Uh, there's there's definitely uh, the price pools are smaller, but there's definitely people that are building lineups, entering the Thursday to Monday contest, and and just forgetting about them or just leaving them. So there's there's still we don't talk about those games a lot, but those multi-day slates, there's still some value in there. I know they're not as exciting to play because. If you're playing Thursday to Monday, that's Thursday to Monday. That's a long time to have your money locked up. But uh, hey, if we're here to win money and look for value, there's still some value in, in in situations like that. Especially with all this COVID stuff. I mean, if there's news changing, um, you might be you might benefit if people are just not putting Bills and Titans, for example, in a multi-day lineup because of the concerns, and you're the one that's swapping to them. Uh, you're probably going to gain a pretty big edge. Yeah, you're going to gain a very big edge if anybody has a good game from there. Yep. So right now we got 25 off DFS MVP on top of the 25% off DFS yep. MVP. Isn't that more than 50% too? I don't know how math works. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't probably be doing a DFS show. I think you know how, to, how math works, dude. That's all I'll say. What do we got? 25% off the already 25% yep. off. Use the code DFS MVP. It's a really good rate. Just it is. It's a fantastic rate. Like I said, we still have, um, we still have all the way through week 17, uh, regular season. We go through championship week, uh, in the playoffs. So you're getting pretty much, uh, four months of DFS value at a huge discount. Anything else? Rate review, five stars, Josh Allen. Yeah. Uh, rate review. If you like us, um, if you, uh, if, if you want some swag action, jump in our Discord, which you'll get access to by signing up uh, for the DFS subscription. Uh, I'll be doing some, some giveaways in there with that swag. Um, and that's pretty much it for the week. If you want more of what we have to say, you could follow Holden at Holden Radio. You could follow myself at TJ Hernandez on Twitter. And, of course, make sure you follow 444 at 444 Football. We'll talk to you guys next week. Stay.